It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. everybody, welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Ash Millman. Hello! I'm Josh Brown. Hello. Now, this is going out on the main What Culture Gaming channel because occasionally we put one out there to get more people in. They can go across and subscribe to the What Culture Gaming Podcast channel. Um, but when we sort of come across to the main channel, we like to do big, bigger discussions, bigger things yes. that will maybe be more interesting to a wider arrays of the populace. And as me and Josh talked about um, a Xbox patent on the main channel earlier this morning when we are recording this, uh, I thought I'd delve into all the other patents that are sort of have been uh, filed with things that are coming up about the upcoming generation, all the different ways that Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo seem to be planning for the future, but they're yet to put things into practice. Um, because, I don't know if you guys have ever dove into the wild world of patents. Patents. No. There's some mad stuff in There's there. There's some mad stuff. I kind of think of it as like when companies like buy a bunch of URLs, and it's like, well, we might not need all of them, but yeah. we'll do one thing. Um, and they just try and cover as many bases as possible, um, which leads to, I'm just going to run these down. I've got about seven sort of crazy patents um, for the future of the industry. Um, and the opening one is something that I think Josh and Ewan did on some news last week. Um, but... <laughs> This one's good. It's this is insane. This so the thing, good. this is for the PS5. Um, this is a 3D hologram technology that they're Whoa. working on, uh, which was uncovered by uh, Let's Go Digital. Wrote it up, and there's a write up from Push Square and stuff. Um, but it's basically the idea that even if you were sitting in a living room, mm-hmm. um, the PS5 or whatever sort of system it was, it would be would project a big old 3D image in front of you, kind of yeah. like Minority Report, kind of like any old sort of Futurescape movie, yeah. um, and you would just watch that instead. Um, and it's uh, this is the write-up on Push Square, said that the 3D holographic display works by bouncing light around hundreds of micro mirrors that can spin extremely quickly, aiming a separate image to the left and right eyes of the viewer at the correct angle. What? So what you're saying, Scott, Go it on. beams lasers directly into your eyeballs. I believe so. And then an image is created. I, apparently it says face detection will allow the display to know how many people are watching, and it'll even be able to tell how far you are from the display. Display. The result is a display that can send fully 3D images to multiple users from any angle. I don't know why we need this, but I need it. Is <laughs> yeah. what I is the conclusion. My I've initial come to. thoughts were that we've spent most of this generation chasing 4K and clarity and resolutions, and then holograms are going to be blurry as hell. Yeah, but they're going to be holograms like of all the things. Holograms like, aren't that cool. Three, they what? are quite cool. They're all right. Watched a sci-fi movie. They're the a sci-fi. Thing. Yeah, but have you seen holograms in real life? They're nowhere near as cool as that. Ah, uh, we don't know that yet though. We've only had crap holograms. We've I bought that had... Jack White album and there's little hologram on top of the vinyl and it wasn't anywhere near as it You know what? Mm. I don't know what this is, but I'm sure it's going to be better than the Jack White album. You I know mean, a few this... things are. <laughs> <laughs> this one sounds oh, really cool. But the pattern says you can shoot a beam of light into your eye and yet the person next to you can get a completely different image because they're getting another beam of light shot mm. into their eye so that you can play around with perspective. There was one example I think was used about a game where 
you get to see sort of kind of like inside a box, or you get to see a 3D image, and right. then you only get to see a 2D image, and you have to go back and forward and talk to each other about this kind of Schrodinger's talk to each other. Schrodinger's box. Schrodinger's box. Well, the why game, why would I talk? What do you what do you mean talk to each other? Well, you know that game. I think it's called Keep Talking and Nobody, Nobody Explodes, Explodes, where you have to essentially one person has a VR headset on, mm. and I think they're diffusing a bomb, and the other person is kind of like giving them instructions. Yes. This sounds kind of like it could facilitate games like that, where mm. you're seeing two kind of different screens of two different, you know, perspectives, as it were, and then you have to coordinate together mm-hmm. to get to the end of the game. I don't know whether you like that stuff. To I me, just, that's really interesting <laughs> and good at parties. It's definitely very interesting, but like that means that like if the system did this stuff, then you wouldn't need a TV anymore. It would just be you buy a PS5, it would project the stuff well, yeah. above. Yes. And it's huh? a big hologram and it's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you have to convince me? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just Evidently saying. Evidently, you do. You saying holograms are crap. Well, so. well the, most of the modern day uh, holograms are pretty blurry, pretty bad. So. I don't know. I do. I think it's a cool uh, idea. I think it's a very nifty idea. Mm. If we're going to play around with new things and VR and all that sort of stuff, I'd like to see holograms because it's like. AR kind of technology, isn't yeah. it? Mm. Well, this was the other thing, Ash. This was the other sort of um, sort of usage of it described in the pattern, and that was you can essentially have a home theater experience beamed in your eyes because <laughs> you can just get the image that's right here. You can't beamed see in your eyes. <laughs> you can just get a cinema screen, and I don't need to go and talk to people at the uh, cinema. Oh my God. Cinema people oh God, are I'm bad, with you with that. Okay? The worst. They're the yeah. worst people, the worst. and they put their sticky feet behind your head, and you won't have to get that at home unless I'm at home with my dad because he likes to do that. But, Joe, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> So put your shoes on the house. But yeah, honestly, uh, I like this idea for technology. It I am. Um, I'm always game for new sort of like you know hardware innovations and things that they're doing that haven't been done before. I just it's a bit weird because like like you said, the sort of VR, the AR side of it, it would negate the whole point of PSVR. It would negate having to buy a 4K TV. It would negate most of the stuff that they've do, like steered into this past generation. No, it's like it's, it's another new experience, cool. another way of earning money for them, though, isn't it? Because mm. if they make it like holograms, the new big thing, everyone's gonna go, "Wow, I need a hologram!" Because we're both going, "Wow, we need holograms!" <laughs> and then you've got your 4K TV and your PS4 Pro and your PS hologram, and then mm. they'll come up with something else to go with it, like the hologram wave control, where you can con- do everything with your fingers. Or I something. just, uh, yeah, I'm like, I kind of think what sort of genres would adapt themselves to holographic technology, and I guess you would be like walking simulators and stuff like that, like most VR stuff, I guess. Yeah. As opposed to just like making it like a stand-in for a big screen right in front of your face. Mm. But I guess the fact that they've looked into this at least shows for me more like an, almost a Nintendo style mentality of like yeah. mm. what sort of gimmicky type thing can we look into that hopefully they can pull off. Well, that's that's all the worry. You know, we've lived through a lot of gimmicks at this mm. moment in time. We've lived through the age of 3D televisions, which did not set the world on fire like they were supposed to. I had you know, a 3D and TV and it, di- I didn't it, make anything 3D. I was just did, did you, it, did you was... know anyone who bought a 3D TV? I did. Yeah, uh, me. Oh, did you yeah. buy one? I literally just said that. Uh, well. <laughs> Face. Well, I don't think it was that good. Yeah, anyway, the point is, it wasn't very good, mm-hmm. and then it went out of fashion really quickly, so I hope hologram technology isn't that. But what's <laughs> interesting, I think they said in the sort of description for the pattern is that it wasn't just a PS5 thing, mm-hmm. it would be compatible for the PS5, but it said it would also potentially be compatible for the Nintendo Switch and the Xbox One, which is kind of cool. Like yeah. You have that sort of cross-sharing in- of uh-huh. Imagine a PS, uh, not PS, a switch that you could just put down, and then the hologram Beamed comes out of it, like right into your <laughs> eyes, like beam straight into your eyes from the upward sort of thing. Do you know think the way we're sort of imagining holograms, like like what we see them in movies, where it's yeah. just like it'll be that pristine and that perfect Star Wars style, yeah, but not all blue. Yes, but yes, that's what I want. <laughs> Maybe I think. If, I mean, assumedly, if they go through with this, it would have to be a separate box. It couldn't be like the PS5 projects this thing. It couldn't be something that like I, I, if it's going to work cross compatible with Xbox, it can't be the system itself that creates the projection. Yeah, which seems kind of nuts well but I think maybe. they're sort of like they need something like this they've had sort of stuff like the move controllers mm. and mm. the playstation camera for years and that tech True. is just so outdated we haven't had like a real you know revolution in 
like those accessories or mm-hmm. peripherals. In a long, long time, even PlayStation VR, which I think is really, you know, great tech, mm-hmm. it uses old tech and sort of, you know, uses the move controls which were, weren't made for virtual reality, but they've kind of been retrofitted, so, you know, it gets the job done. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of sick of Sony just getting the job done. Like, give me yeah. new tech and support it, like you have been with the PSVR across the board. Like, it doesn't have to overshadow PlayStation 5, mm-hmm. but if it can go alongside it as, a, as an accessory, Sony like rarely lead the charge they tend to like follow and Mm. do something a bit better like it's very yeah it's been a while since they've sort of said here's this brand new idea and like oh my god we perfected it and everyone else sort of do our thing Um, so I'm game for it I just it seems nuts it seems crazy holographic technology just seems like no, I don't even know who was asking for this. Pop Mash Millman with a 3D me, TV. Me. But maybe it's a way to make it 3D holograms, baby. Um, speaking of peripherals, though, um, another thing down is the Nintendo Switch have patented, or Nintendo have patented for the Switch, um, some hinged Joy-Cons, which... That seems like a good idea, maybe. You think so? Like... It's like, it's weird. It's like, if you imagine the Switch, the, um, the way that the patent sort of, like, shows it is that the uh, the rails are the same, so it still clicks into the side mm. of the Switch, um, but the actual, like, body of the Joy-Con, the top of it slides upwards and then, like, forwards. Yeah. So you're sort of like, yeah, you're kind of holding it at, like, a 20 to 30 degree degree angle. Um, I had the total opposite reaction to you, Ash. I had the reaction of, why do we even why <laughs> is this? If it makes it more comfortable and there's like a more like suitable hand position and everything, and that, and that it works with other, other ways that they mm. do motion control, I think that could be a really interesting way of doing mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. As someone that would never use it, like it sounds really good, it sounds really great. <laughs> I was going to say, as someone who hasn't got a Switch yet, is this, does this Make it remotely more appealing. I don't know. I like I like Nintendo's gimmicky stuff. Mm. I like hearing about it. I like seeing it. I like playing it with my friends and stuff. If they had a load of gimmicky things to go with the Switch, I'd probably be more interested in it. Like, and I'm whacking it out as a party piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, yeah, yeah, I see what you mean with the hinge. I think that's... Um, Potentially it's a nice good, idea. yeah. Potentially a good way of doing it. I haven't seen any other like um, portable controller ever have like a control like that. No, and it's like I mean, because for me, like if you the form factor of the Switch as it is is nigh on. A, well, I think it's identical to the 3DS, like yeah. the size of the buttons and stuff. Which I always found the 3DS to be quite cramped. But like that idea of injecting more like ergonomics into the handheld, mm-hmm. like Nintendo are very much going for the whole like handheld and living room domination thing. They have got the Switch Lite, and it's like they want people to be playing these systems like constantly. But then mm-hmm. if they roll this out on the main Switch, do they then change the light as well? Yeah, that's a Maybe. good point. I don't know. It's someone who doesn't own the pro controller for the switch mm-hmm. this is quite an interesting oh, idea get the pro controller well, it's really I need good. It because the joy cons as they are now are fine but they're <laughs> like inelegant and they're chunky and when you take them off the stand thing it Actually, doesn't yeah, really work on. If you know how a pro controller, that means that every time you dock to your switch, you have to take the Joy Cons out and use the little rail controller thing. Use the little rail controller. Rail oh, controller. It's bad. It's bad. You got one. It's not great, but yeah. it gets the job done and it's fine. But as I get older and older, as I move into the <laughs> late twenties, my hands start hurting, guys. When I'm yeah. playing wrong. Controls. I'm ten years older than you. I've been playing um, a lot of Xbox One recently for right. some reason. I've been playing a lot of Gears of War, and after long sessions on it. My fingers hurt a little bit <laughs> because it's too big and it's not very pleasant, Whoa. unlike the DualShock 4. Whoa. The Xbox controller is the best controller of all the consoles. I mean, that's a lie. It's, it's, so, it's so satisfyingly is chunky. It? I, yeah, no, is it? it is no, the, it's not the it, DualShock 4. It's so pretty and smooth. No, I, I, love, I love the Xbox controller. It's better than a DualShock. <laughs> My weak hands, Ash, can't put the right trigger in. It hurts. <laughs> it clicks. <laughs> this is because you've made your hands all gammy from playing with the rail controller yeah, rather than the pro that. one. You've You're deformed yourself. Okay, the, um, the Xbox controls all like clacky and weird. I like that, that the weird the noises that it makes always put it's me so up. It's so satisfying. Like, 
Oh no, it's oh, so oh, it sounds like it's falling apart. Yeah, but, oh no, see the jewel shop making noises at me. I'd be like playing Horizon <laughs> at the moment. What's of like doing all the scanning? It keeps oh, like, turn zoom, that off. Zoom, oh, no, zoom. turn that off. No, turn that on. That's the best part. No, don't you know you that don't need that. The beam of light out at the back. That's awesome. <sighs> no, They're I don't terrible. like the beam, and I don't like when it's flashing red when I'm running around and all that sort of thing. That's distracting. Yep. When the noise comes out, Ooh. why is there a touch screen on it? I don't need. I don't know to be honest. There was actually Josh. You mentioned a thing which I forgot to write down, but you said there was a pattern about a touch screen controller coming up for the PS5. Yes, that was just one of the potential. Dual shock ideas that was patented, where mm. you've got as it is right now, it's a touchpad as it is now, but this would be a proper, like, sort of, I don't know, a more advanced version mm. of that. I like it, to be honest. I like the touchpad mm. and I like the little speaker thing and I like the light. I think it's very underutilized. I think it's really cool. You might disagree with me here, Ash, because I'm pretty sure this is how Horizon uses it. But when you get like a sort of audio log or something like that, mm. and it plays through the speaker, it makes it feel a little bit more intimate, a little bit like I'm um, sort of yeah. having it around myself. I like it. It's a bit of a gimmick. But it's a good gimmick. I don't think Horizon does that. It's literally just the the, right. the zhoosh noise. I like. I do like well, that it. Sucks. I think audio logs, does that. Yeah, well, audio log stuff is interesting when it mm. comes through the thing, and it's innovative and it's a cool idea. And it's like again, it's gimmicks that are fun and everything mm. like that. But I do find the the dual shot compared to the Xbox One controller quite mm. distracting mm. because it does everything. So I'm like, Whoa. it's weird with the touchpad because like for me, like for the vast majority of games, the touchpad is just a giant button. Yeah. Like hardly yeah. anybody uses it as a touchpad. Some games you can swipe through a map, but I never mm. really found that to fa- to feel that natural mm. or good or whatever compared to like the way that you would scroll through a phone screen or something yeah um but it's like that's the thing do they double down on that going forward and be like okay well here's a full-on touch screen with like you know like wii u style here's like a mini screen and it would yeah give you an inventory system and like whatever you're just making mobile games then Ooh, like you are just making mobile games because if it's a touch screen like controller you mm. might as well just port it to a mobile there's no real need Ooh, to no no because if you had like a big old like a big old if horizon and then you could access your inventory on the controller you just tap little equip your bow and all that yeah, I don't know. I, I just I think that that makes it a lot more of a mobile market sort of thing. Mm. I think people would take advantage of that and turn it into a mobile thing. This Probably touch screens and also touch screens are unreliable and janky at best. Like if you bash it a little <laughs> bit, it's gonna be screwed and That's it's gonna a really good point. cost so much money to replace. Like I, I just think what we've got at the moment is much better. I throw my controller way more than I've ever thrown a phone <laughs> yeah, as yeah. well, so it's probably not gonna last that long. What I would want, don't even know if this is possible, where the touch screen is for it to pop up on a little nice little flat screen like a, a hologram. Thing. A hologram, yeah. A hologram, but also <laughs> a keyboard. Give me a little keyboard yeah. that can right. tap on there. And you used to, yeah, get, you get like one that you could slot in. I think it was for the Xbox One or the 360 where you yeah. could do it. I don't want that. I want it already built in. There's a little touchscreen thing. So Interesting. I can away because it's annoying having to use the But it's the, so the, small. I can't remember what you a call it. A is small. I can't recall the technology, but for, before the Switch came out, when we didn't know what the next Nintendo was going to be, one of the things that they patented back then was a um, an all-glass controller, like a completely mm. see-through, opaque controller that apparently would, um, <laughs> they would fire electricity into it and it would make buttons appear out of it. Like it was oh, like this whole yeah, te- the yeah. mobile phone companies did it back then for a while as well, but it never really seemed to take off. But yeah. the idea that like any sort of screen could also become buttons, um, which I like the idea of um, in theory kind of thing. But obviously Nintendo never went forward with that, even though the patents were out there for it. Um, but I don't know if that's like a way, like what do you guys think if that would be a way to sort it's, of do a touchscreen controller? It's they do keyboards for it at the moment mm. where it's like literally just a light and you can tap on whatever surface you're using to make it mm. into a keyboard. Mm. And um, I, I think they look really pretty and it's a neat idea, but I don't think it's very practical because it's all works off light beams. So if you're in a really Ease. bright room, really dark room, that can affect it. If you yeah. like have like a hand go, then it like presses all the buttons mm-hmm. sort of thing. Like it's it's I don't know. I don't think I it's... want the feedback too. Like I want the, yeah. the clicking mm-hmm. clack like the buttons. Like I don't just want. Oh, like, now we like clicking <laughs> and clacking. Yeah, but no one. It feels like it's broken, Ash. I want it to feel like it feels good when you type it. Not that the whole thing's falling apart. The big issue for me when it comes to this sort of controller technology and getting really advanced, like having these lights that allow you to type and stuff, is yes. that that's gonna boost up the price of the console overall. Yeah. And if that's going to happen, I'd rather 
rather have that, you know, in the console itself, in the hardware, and making that juicier, mm. rather than having these gimmicks like a hologram on <laughs> yeah. my controller. That's cool. I'd like a hologram. But if it's going to make me pay £500 for mm. the console, I probably wouldn't like it so much. True. Another thing on the PlayStation side um, is PlayStation Assistant, which um, they have not officially mentioned yet, but there are patterns for it. What you, your little face? I'm going to defend this are you, are you so talking, much. Okay, so actually, you know what this is? <laughs> Mm, is it like Google Assistant? For Might as well be. So they, yeah. yeah, they're going with this thing called PlayStation Assistant, which um, they've sort of described as being like a Siri style thing mm. that you can talk to. But the whole unique, more unique aspect with this is that it, through technology, um, <laughs> has a way of reading the game that you're in. Yeah. Um, and if you sort of call out like, "Oh God, help me, I'm stuck" or whatever, it knows where you are. <laughs> what knows where you are? Oh God, help me! I'm oh stuck. God, <laughs> Lord, please help me! Um, and then it apparently like brings up a YouTube video or whatever and says yeah. like, "Well, you know, you can tell that you were stuck on this boss. Here's what you need." to yeah. and whatever which is the same stuff that Google Stadia is working towards in terms of <laughs> <laughs> the saviour button <laughs> should call someone in Scre- no I scream that Sends a lot a priest when, <laughs> when I play games I'm like oh god what do I do <laughs> and it's just here and knowing that it's going to respond to me would freak me out yeah, <laughs> I don't, I, yeah I don't want it sort of kicking in like re- like recognising my swear words and then I don't it's know true. sending the uh, the priest round or whatever but yeah the um, the whole thing with this is that yeah assumably it would recognise the game state and would pull up a YouTube video or whatever based on where you are which is what Google Stadia is going for. They have yep. like a dedicated button for it and um, they can scan the game and, and whatever. But Josh, you like this? Yes, I do a lot. Because even though I don't really use Alexa or Google Assistant mm-hmm. or anything like that, I think they're kind of, a lot of people do. And it's kind of cool. It's a cool idea that I want to try out more. Mm-hmm. But I think it works for PlayStation games, especially because, let me tell you a little tale. I've been going through the Devil May Cry series, like I told you, you this morning, Scott. And because they're all the games, one. I'm on the fourth one. Because they're older games, when I get stuck, I don't want to, you know, just smash my way through it. I'm just kind of, I'm beyond that point. I just want to look at guides. I want to get through. I want to get the trophies. And I don't want to have to, you know, pay too much attention to it, which might be the wrong way to play them. But it's the way I'm playing them now. And let me tell you, this is going to be the most complainy, whiniest thing I've ever said. (laughs) But when you're looking at a walkthrough on your phone. Yep. And you have to scroll through everything to see where you need to go next and then close your phone down, then look at the game, and then try it out, then fail and go back to your phone. It takes time. It takes about five seconds. It takes about 20 (laughs) seconds, and that's 20 seconds too long, Scott, because if I can just say, hello, PlayStation Assistant, Please. Find me where to go next. <laughs> Hello. And it pops it up. <laughs> and then it's oh. just on the screen, in a screen within a screen. I think that's quite cool. It's I don't think that's going to take... Accessible. That's going to take you out of the game, though, the same way looking at your phone would, and it was going to pass across. Like, it's going to have to do, I like, have... a screen sharey thing. Yeah, but that's fine. I think just play the game, Josh, is what I think. Uh, I think just play the goddamn game. Ash, some trophies are really hard to get, I'll have you know. It needs some help. <laughs> do you deserve them if you can't get them? Do you? thing is, going, no. through, um, <laughs> going through Link's Awakening at the minute, like, that, any sort of puzzle game, I have, like, the lowest tolerance for puzzles, but... Like I'll try a few things and yeah. I'm just in a room with a box and yeah. whatever and I'm just like I just don't I don't have it in me to no. just keep trying it yeah. so just tell me the thing but I don't mind just firing up YouTube and like searching for the big old long walkthrough mm. that, that, that big eight hour clip where someone's done the whole thing and just thumbing through that so I don't know how much it's gonna work it's one of those things like I said in the, new, the other news video um, this morning that a lot of the features that have kind of defined this generation for me a lot of the subtler ones like resume play or mm. kind of like downloading in the background if you asked me before this generation kicked off I'd have said that they weren't sort of big things mm. but now I couldn't imagine a console without them if I go mm. back to the 360 it doesn't have that kind of pick up and play mm-hmm. feature I'm just kind of there like what did I even do for <laughs> seven I eight years like- before it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze relax and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away 
Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. This. Yeah, like I just bought like a Game Boy Advance SP. I'm going back through Minish Cap and I was like in a dungeon on a train and then realizing that I couldn't like close the game because I would lose all my progress. Yeah, and yeah. That horrible realization. It's like reminds me when you, your mum calls you for tea and you're like, I can't go. I've got to finish the thing. I can't leave the room. I was playing the PlayStation Classic uh, around Christmas time and I remember jumping into that and I assumed because it's kind of an updated version of older games and an mm. older console that it would just have the suspend thing and it didn't. It lost <laughs> a lot of progress. It was very mad at Siphon Filter because I didn't oh. Oh god, yeah. But uh, yeah, what I was getting to was essentially just I can see that becoming what PlayStation Assistant is, where it's right. like kind of a feature that we all kind of look at now and go, why do we need that? Mm. You know, we it's fine as it is, and it is fine as it is, but it's those little quality of life things that can mm. go a long way in the world. I think something like a, an instant access, like helping thing, would be mm. kind of strange in terms of how it would smooth over difficulty curves overall. Like, would a game like Sekiro even ever get greenlit? They'd, like, because a developer would be purposefully making something that goes against a console feature, or mm. at least like you know, is going to be mm. in tandem with it, kind of thing. I don't know. I would say more with stuff like Sekiro, it'd have an inbuilt feature of a. Mm. 
assistant that's already there that would like tie into your assistant. Just tells you to go away. Yeah, well, rather looking to the uh, rather than looking to YouTube, uh-huh. like games would start to be built with their own assistant in. And I, I must say, I am very pro walkthrough. I was just winding mm. up Joshua earlier. I think yes. walkthroughs are great. And Clarify your stats. Yeah, I do. I think they're great, and I use them as well. Mm-hmm. But um, I think I don't know. I think I feel like it's a really good idea, but also there is nothing worse. There is nothing worse than when a game gives you that little feeling when it pops up there. We notice that you can't do this level. <laughs> yeah. Would you like to skip it? Would you like some help? Do you want to lower the difficulty? Screw you, I can do it! Like, it's like, hit and run with the one that always comes up. It's like, do you want to skip this level? It's like, no, I goddamn don't. I want to freaking finish it is what I want to do. Do it. But the level's maxed out. What? On the volume levels. Sorry. I want to freaking do it! I want to freaking do it! I think it's weird because, like, assumedly it wouldn't prompt you. You'd have to sort of, you'd have to be the person who realizes that it's Mm. not for you and then call out into the ether, oh, please, God, save me, and then it would sort of kick in. I'm pretty sure in the the patent description it said it's kind of like an optional thing. It's obviously not going to be forced on people because that would get pretty annoying pretty Mm. quickly. But, you know, I like it as sort of a feature that's there for people who want it. And then if you don't want it, you can turn it off and just play Sekiro as you normally would. Mm. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I want? I want a colder PlayStation. That's what? I know, there's a, the, big, the whole thing, the, the, which I think you guys have already seen, the pattern that is kind of out there for the PS5 is the mm-hmm. one that apparently oh, all yeah. the dev kits are being based on, which is this giant sort of jet engine looking thing. Yeah. Um, now, it's not officially been confirmed, although some different devs have come out and said, this is what we've been supplied for when we're, when we're working on the PS5 tech. Um, and that just seems like it's a system geared towards cooling. Like the version that's out there as the patented one looks ridiculous. looks like a big yeah. jetpack and they'll obviously refine it and whatever. I'm game for the jetpack. Yeah, yeah, it looks what? like a Call of Duty pickup, mm-hmm. but whatever. Um, but I guess in terms of like a system overheating, like I don't know if you guys have, if you've ever picked up on when the PS4's fans are going crazy and mm-hmm. it just feels like the whole thing's going to melt. And it's like, I want a system that is going to be nice and cool. And I yeah. can just, it just be nice and silent and just work like a TV. Yeah. All I'm game. on board for this, because as much as I was laying into the Xbox One earlier um, in this podcast, when I was playing that for extensive periods of time, and then went back to my PlayStation 4, and I think I booted up some recent exclusive, it just sounded like a jet engine, yeah. and the PlayStation 4 was supposed to be the machine that's really quiet, and it was when I bought it, but that thing just collects dust, and even when you clean it out, you get in, you open it up, and you clean out every single thing that's inside it, mm-hmm. it still sounds really loud, and I don't yes. want it to it sound is. really loud. Xbox One isn't very I mean, quiet, is. very uh, smooth, well, very mm. airy in comparison, yeah. I'd say. It's a little bit smoother. Yeah, yeah. yeah maybe a little bit. Yeah. I think it's, and in terms of them sort of like gearing the um, the hardware more towards um, cooling systems yeah. and just sort of general performance stuff without necessarily front-loading, like, you know, the first images of this thing or the first words about this stuff hasn't been uh, the menu, new menu systems. It's been like, okay, we're working on SSD drives and making mm. it cooler and whatever because like for me with them um, even the ps4 pro when i upgraded it still lags when it jumps yeah. between menus and the yeah. xbox dashboard like for me is terrible like i think it's like this weird windows 10 knockoff thing that just doesn't feel good to use um but i would hope that by leading with like the hardware side yeah. you'll just get nice cool just systems that just work just liquid butter systems Ooh. like how a tv works what no just a liquid butter playstation <laughs> yeah <laughs> greasy it'll be, it'll be beautiful um one of the other things that i got down is back on the xbox side which is the thing that me and josh did in, in an earlier video um but in terms of a wider conversation, um, Xbox has very much patented a VR patent, yeah. um, which would be, you would have the headset, you would have a couple of motion controllers, um, but you'd also have a VR mat to put on the mm. floor um, that you sort of like spread across the room and then apparently that would like help detect where you are in a game and would help you sort of move through environments and mm-hmm. whatever. Um, what do you think of that idea versus the Oculus or versus PSVR? Dance mat, dance mat and VR. <laughs> oh That's what it's going to be. 100% the whole time. But no, I think, uh, I think a mat... Dancing through Skyrim. Yeah, exactly. The, oh my God. That, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> but the, uh, I think a mat is a, a great idea because 
there's the whole thing with VR is being in the singular spot and lots of games when you play them you have to like use like portals or whatever and like we have to pull yourself forward or mm. you don't really get like a movement aspect to it it's very much you're in it in your little position so mm. having a map where you could like run around the corners and everything it can feel your feet going up and down so mm. you can actually move around it I think that's a really good idea that's mm. taken a long time to the actually get here the thing that freaks me out with it is because I've seen all those different like um, custom setups that people have where it's a map that moves mm. and like how do I say people I've seen like them on the gadget show yeah. where it's like uh, you know it's like a, it's like a ball that moves mm. and you sort you can run on it and it'll mm. translate that movement into the game but if it's just a map that's on the floor you're still going to run you're still going to run and just still hit the edge but you can, anyway I, I feel like it's more you're not going to run for like I guess if it's a really wide map yeah but just mm. something that has feet sensors in you could lift them up and down and it would mm. feel that you're walking oh, to begin with maybe. You, would, you don't have to run like forwards you can just do it on the spot I didn't think of that. like, that's how the ring fit adventure does it yeah. where you just like lift your legs up and stuff yeah, yeah Josh what do you think of this VR map nonsense I don't know man because again it's it's one of those ideas where I discuss in a podcast where because I probably couldn't accommodate for it I suddenly don't like it (laughs) but yeah I mean I love VR stuff obviously this to me I couldn't really imagine in my small flat having this giant mat that I have to roll out every single time I put the VR headset on Mm. like it sounds really cool and I do think there is so much scope to kind of you know, innovate on, you know, tracking your feet and your movement in the game space in Mm -hmm. VR because at the moment that's the only kind of thing that breaks the immersion, as it were. It's really difficult to do, obviously, but I think the idea of having something that can, like Ash said, track your movement if you're walking up and down to move forward or even just kind of say you're playing super hot VR mm. and you can mm. move behind cover slightly better if you're just like... You've if got it knows like where your foot spacing knows, is. Yeah, yeah, if you know exactly where you are foot spacing wise. Uh-huh. I think it's a neat idea. I think it's probably more... It's much more elegant than, you know, those big... Um, contraptions like you said that you're in those like, like a big chamber you're in a big chamber you're on like a treadmill hanging off the roof that's just that's not feasible for me uh, so I don't like it but. it's weird because it's it's like if you for me looking at something like the Oculus Quest where it's a completely wireless headset you just put on you have to mm. worry about anything else all the games are self-contained in the system um, for me that was the future of VR because mm. like the thing that always put me off PSVR for the longest time was the setup um, whereas like the way that this is there's more setup there's like you said there's the map yeah. to roll out you yeah. still have your motion controllers and the headset um, but like yeah we're like, where do you think that they're going to go with this stuff in terms of, like, you know, if the idea of VR is that it comes with all this rigmarole alongside it, for me, that's the wrong way to go. But I wonder if they think there's a novelty in setting the system up and then doing it. I think there is, a, like, what I said in the um, news video earlier was that when it comes to sort of setups like this, mm. which, you know, you need to put that investment in both space-wise, money-wise, and time-wise, then it becomes a kind of, like, a premium product. That's, like, mm. the highest bar of VR there is, mm. whereas PSVR, for instance, is more of an entry-level thing. Mm-hmm. And it's still good and still works, and I still really enjoy it it's more accessible but there's just going to be like different tiers of it I think Mm -hmm. we're even seeing it now you know between you know the PSVR the Oculus the Vive it's just there's so much space to add extra accessories Mm -hmm. and boost that experience that I think Microsoft could come into this space and then not have to directly compete with Sony on Mm -hmm. like the accessibility front and then also have to um, compete with the other guys directly as well because they've got their own sort of system, they've got mm. the mat, they've got something else. I think when it comes to VR at the moment, you can streamline certainly the headset and the controller mm-hmm. make there be less wires. But I think just by its very nature, there's always going to be something cumbersome about mm. it. And I feel like this is getting to a point where it looks more elegant, but it'll take a few iterations before we actually get to the point where it's p- 
pick up and play. Yeah, and it's, I, the the math thing, I totally get why you would do yeah. it, but I don't know anybody who has that free space. Like, oh, I mean, no. like it, who who plays the in what room where you're playing games? Do you also have a massive space in front of well, you? Well, I do, I feel like it's something either after people would have to accommodate by clearing things out, which mm-hmm. they're not going to want to do. But and again, you need the floor space to begin with, mm-hmm. or it's going to be a small mat that again just to picks up feet movement. Mm-hmm. Then that's mm-hmm. the way it's going to do it. Like it's still kind of stationary, but it's something that goes under your feet because you'd have that room if you're playing VR anyway to like yeah. stand up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like yeah the, the patent is a massive map so I understand that <laughs> it's being like, yeah, like a in the, the diagram that you can go and google or whatever it's like a full on like a living room yeah. is the floor they, I get what they're going for it trans- transforms the floor into the floor of the video game yeah. like, it's a cool idea it's a cool idea but it's I, a lot of space I like that Microsoft is getting in on VR at all though because mm. I mean the more people who the more companies who start you know making their own VR tech and start green lighting games the mm. stronger that is going to be across the board, whether no matter which console you're on. Mm-hmm. The more people are investing in it, the more developers and studios will also invest in it, and we should hopefully get better games out of it. Yeah. True, and at least like yeah, in terms of like a, just a base level, you you have a certain set of equipment that can only be then played in a unique way that we haven't seen before. So yeah. you would hope yeah. the developers like play towards that. I think the main thing for VR for me personally is mm-hmm. it's very party game centric, and mm-hmm. having a load of stuff that attaches to a party game isn't that much of an issue because at least everyone's only there for a special occasion mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. So you just get it all out, and that's part of it um, yeah. whereas if it's like single player gaming like that's when all of the extra and the faff gets real cumbersome actually Josh you've played way more VR than me like do you find overall that VR is better as a solo thing as a more immersive thing or it's just it is like a fun like mm. novelty type thing genuinely I think it works both ways. Uh, when I'm playing games like Blood and Truth or Resident Evil 7 VR, that mm. works so well at just immersing you into a world and giving you an experience. No but Man's at the Sky. same time, No Man's Sky no is well played. I haven't actually managed to play that yet, it's but no Scott, Sky. Scott says it's really good. It's pretty good. It's the only thing I've got it for. But on the other end of the spectrum, I remember when I got it, I got it one Christmas, uh, and I remember putting like my dad on it, right. and he loved it. He's mm. never really played games since Gears of War 2. Right. And suddenly we were having this big laugh as kind of like a family, and we were literally inviting like sort of the extended family over to come and try it. Come and play the kitchen demo on Resident Evil right. 7 yeah. and watch, uh, you know, my family get scared crapless. And that was <laughs> that was awesome because I think the idea, not the idea, the implementation of the second screen, the fact that you can always see what they're seeing mm. in a more rudimentary way, I think that just encourages sort of like those party experiences, no mm. matter whether it's a single-player game where you can just see someone's reactions, mm. and that's always funny. Or whether it is a proper co-op party experience where you have two different perspectives or two different screens. Mm-hmm. I just think it's a really versatile piece of tech. Yeah. But I would say that I agree with Ash in that it is very cumbersome if you just want to play a Blood and Truth. It's When I get home from work, say, after a, after a day here, mm. I'm not really incentivized to push away the table, that's what puts me all off the leads, more, yeah. you know, get it out, um, put it on the head, Charge up the controllers for an hour of play. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 a lot of investment. And for me, when I do play the VR, it's sort of a weekend thing. Right. It's something I binge all weekend, and I'll put it away for a few months, mm-hmm. and I'll binge it all weekend again and get back to it. Mm-hmm. I think they have to have that stuff in mind if they're going to go with the whole, like, yeah. you need a whole bunch of accessories to even get it off the ground kind of thing. Um, yeah, I just think it's an interesting thing to, to patent. Like, if when you have someone like Oculus pioneering the idea of completely cableless uh, VR mm-hmm. that you can just sort of slip into. Um, the last one is the most promising one, uh, at least for me or whatever, uh, is that the PS5, um, there's a pattern for that that's going to be fully backwards compatible with every other disc from 
PlayStation. Oh, yes. Thank so God. Far, um, it hasn't been officially announced or anything, but it was uh, Mark Cerny, who's the um, Sony's like lead architect or whatever on PlayStation, um, apparently found out a way to design this thing that would read all the PlayStation discs, um, which feels like it makes total sense considering mm. how much success Game Pass is having um, and the Xbox One's backwards compatibility. I totally expect um, the next Sony announcement to be like, Bosh, you can literally play every single PlayStation game. Yeah. Just put a PS1 disc in it, it'll work, etc., etc. I love this. I love it. I think this I is what it. we kind of need. We've gone yes. so long where we've had a weird relationship with backwards compatibility. We've just sort of taken it at face value mm. that we don't need it. You know, people... Sony themselves said that. Sony well. yeah, 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 exactly. They've found other ways to kind of try to implement it, whether it's through kind of remaking older games or at least porting them over with mm. trophies and higher resolution or giving you PlayStation Now. And I just don't think it cuts it anymore, especially when Microsoft's shown you can have your cake and eat it too. You can have mm -hmm. full backwards compatibility for a bunch of games that they keep adding to, mm. as well as Games Pass, which yeah. you can pay a subscription for and then access this back catalogue of titles across generations. Mm -hmm. And I think Sony has such a rich library of past games and franchises that mm -hmm. are just kind of lying there at the minute. They're just kind yeah. of languishing for collectors or whatever, and they can so capitalize on it and get people back through. We've seen how much nostalgia sells this generation, mm -hmm. yes. and you don't need a full-on remake or remaster to tap into that market. Plus, like, if they have any sort of um, like scanning software on their side where mm -hmm. you put a disc in for, like, the original, I don't know, something like the, the original um, Medieval or whatever, like, mm -hmm. before they sort of greenlit it, then they can know on their side that, hey, by the way, a lot of people still like that game, and it makes more sense that you can focus on what you want to, yeah. you know, upgrade or whatever. Um, for me, it, it just makes sense to respect the legacy that got them there in the first mm. place um, and I still have like a handful of PS2 games like SSX Tricky and like Smackdown or whatever and mm. it's like I would go back to those games like yeah. like in a party sense or whatever um, I always liken it to film in this regard like people don't stop watching old classics they mm. like there's, there's no real benefit to locking them off from yeah. it um, Ash what do you think? I really like it I think it's a great idea I think it's a long time coming as well mm. I think Xbox have like led the way with all the backwards compatibility stuff and PlayStation are known for their excellent games mm. more than they are their, their uh, compatibility stuff like all the way that their systems work I feel like their games are where they like thrive massively. Mm -hmm. So for them to have ignored them for this long yeah. and then watched Xbox like suck up all the goodness, mm -hmm. like I think it's about time that they finally do it. Like I play my PS2 quite often. Like I go back to PS2 mm -hmm. games quite often and PS1 as well. Mm -hmm. And that they're remastering everything and knowing that that is there, that people want those games back, mm -hmm. just says that they need to do it. I right. hope. I don't think it's possible because they're read from a disc and not a cartridge or whatever. But I would hope that they would bring some sort of like updated, um, like you know, the hardware quality to it where they can mm -hmm. suspend and resume it. I don't think it's possible at all. Um, but I would love that stuff, like some way of making it more palatable to revisit old games. I think some the way that it was on Xbox, sometimes you could put the disc in and then have it as a download, like you wouldn't yeah. just play off the disc. Um, so the, there's a way of they implementing things into that um, yeah. that would work with. Actually, yeah, the original version, the original 360 version had this like on the on the 360, you had this option where if you put a game in, you could hit a button to optionally install some of it, and then it would read that from the disc yeah. from mm -hmm. the drive instead. Maybe there's some fantastical way that Mark Cerny can yeah. figure out to let us sort of do this. Yeah, stuff. I mean, to, to be honest. I, Correct me if I'm wrong, but this was on Games Pass when I was going through the uh, first three Gears of War games. Mm. But you could do sort of like the suspend resume thing mm. via like the Games Pass mm -hmm. download, which I assume is the same file download as you, what you get on backwards compatibility. True. So, I mean, it's just that you need the you need the developers or the publishers to upload that master file to their service to yeah. then be able yeah. to access that. So it's kind of on the publisher side to upload everything. Um, but I mean, it's Sony. If Sony came knocking and said, "Hey, we want to like yeah. make people play your old games," and then we'll see if they're interested in more, like that'd be it'd make yeah. perfect take sense. Take my to cartridges. Do it. Yeah, please <laughs> <laughs> update everything. Um, so yeah, let us know anything down in the comments below of the potential future of video game things and which patterns you're looking forward to the most. For now, now, though, this has been the Waculture Blood Blood Hard Blood Blood. It's been the Waculture Gaming Podcast. Yes, it has. And I've been your host, Scott Taylor, joined by Ash Melman. Goodbye. And Josh Brown. Goodbye. I'll catch you next time. See Bye. ya. Bye. That wasn't bye, that was see ya. See ya. See ya. See ya.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.